No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see how drought, the sword, and pestilence come to Judah because they love to wander. Jeremiah complains about the prophets who prophesy peace and prays for God's mercy. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 14 on Simply the Bible. We are so thankful that God is patient and slow to anger. He is full of mercy and compassion. But the Bible also says that his spirit will not always strive with man. And at some point, judgment is unavoidable. The nation of Judah had suffered through a series of severe droughts because they had sinned against God. And he was being faithful to all of his promises. We continue in Jeremiah chapter 14. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the droughts. Judah mourns and her gates languish. They mourn for the land and the cry of Jerusalem has gone up. Their nobles have sent their lads for water. They went to the cisterns and found no water. They returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and confounded and covered their heads because the ground is parched, for there was no rain in the land. The plowmen were ashamed. They covered their heads. Yes, the deer also gave birth in the field, but left because there was no grass. And the wild donkeys stood in the desolate heights. They sniffed at the wind like jackals. Their eyes failed because there was no grass. This severe drought was the occasion for Jeremiah to speak to the people. They could feel the pain of it. They went searching for water but could find none. Not only were their wells dry, but their vessels were empty. They were ashamed because this was a sign that God had lifted his blessing from the nation. Because they were God's covenant people, they would either receive his blessings or his curses. If they obeyed his law, God would send the rains and give them bumper crops. But if they disobeyed, then heaven would become like iron and the earth like bronze. Now they were living in a dust bowl. Month after month went by and there was no rain. The wells were dry. The crops failed. The despair of drought had set in. They were also confounded. The Hebrew word means to be disgraced or humiliated. They covered their heads in mourning, like people lamenting at a funeral. And even the animals were affected. The doe abandoned her newly born fawn in the field because there was no grass to eat. And donkeys in search of food migrated to the desert heights but found nothing. All they could do was to sniff the wind, seeking some scent that would lead them to water and grass. But there was nothing to be found. God was testifying through all these signs that he was displeased with his people. But was anybody taking it to heart? O Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do it for your name's sake, for our backslidings are many. We have sinned against you. O hope of Israel, his Savior, in time of trouble, why should you be like a stranger in the land and like a traveler who turns aside to tarry for a night? 
Why should you be like a man astonished, like a mighty one who cannot save? Yet you, O Lord, are in our midst, and we are called by your name. Do not leave us. Jeremiah was taking all of this to heart. He knew that these circumstances were coming upon them because they had abandoned the Lord. He was not only lamenting the weather conditions, but also the condition of the people's hearts. In his prayer, Jeremiah addressed the Lord as the hope of Israel and the Savior in time of trouble. He prayed that God would not leave them, but he couldn't make his appeal based on their righteousness, for their iniquities testified against them. So Jeremiah said, Do it for your name's sake. The Lord had promised their forefathers that they would inherit the land, and he promised them that they would be his covenant people. The world was watching. Would they now be defeated before the eyes of the nations? What would this do to the Lord's reputation? Jeremiah also prayed, Why should you be like a traveler who has no deep concern for the country he visits? He said, Why should you be like a man astonished? The word translated astonished means to be bewildered. That is to be taken by surprise and not be able to think clearly or respond properly. The truth was that God was not astonished. Rather, he had grown weary of relenting from judgment. Now he was determined to discipline his wandering people. Thus says the Lord to his people, Thus they have loved to wander. They have not restrained their feet. Therefore the Lord does not accept them. He will remember their iniquity now and punish their sins. The people loved to wander more than they loved God. They had not learned to restrain their feet from walking in crooked paths. God could not accept this. He could not make a pact with their sins. While God was slow to do it, the time had come for him to remember their iniquity and reward them accordingly. Then the Lord said to me, Do not pray for this people, for their good. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering and grain offering, I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. This is now the third time in the book of Jeremiah that the Lord told the prophet not to pray for the people anymore. That is a terrible place for anyone to be where God will no longer receive a prayer concerning him. But the people of Judah had tested the Lord past the breaking point. Now God was determined to bring judgment and nothing would turn him from his course. He would not be moved by their fasting, cries, or sacrifices, no, not even by Jeremiah's prayers. Instead, they would be consumed by the Babylonian sword, the famine of the drought and siege, and the pestilence or plague that would come upon them. Jeremiah's best efforts and intercession could not avert this disaster. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say to them, You shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. Jeremiah wanted God to be merciful to the people because false prophets had deceived them. They were telling the people that God wouldn't bring destruction upon them, but that everything would be okay. 
it's not the fault of the people, Jeremiah would pray. It's the fault of the false prophets. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, whom I did not send, and who say sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine, these prophets shall be consumed. And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword. They will have no one to bury them, them nor their wives, their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness on them. It was true that the false prophets were guilty and God would punish them accordingly for speaking lies in his name. As they had claimed that the sword and famine would not come upon the land, so the sword and famine would come upon them. But the people who followed them would also be punished. When the war and famine struck, their bodies would be cast into the streets with no one to bury them. Why would God judge the people as well as the false prophets? Because God had warned his people in the law against false prophets. Also, Isaiah said to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. The people were to test the words of the prophets with the law of God, and they were to watch to see if their prophecies came true. These false prophets failed on both counts, but the people believed them anyway. Therefore, they would suffer the same fate as the liars they followed. You know, the Lord said that in the last days there would be many false prophets and false teachers, but we must judge them accordingly. The Lord said that we will know them by their fruit, but we must also test their words to see if they align with the Scripture and if they make predictions as to whether or not they come true. Therefore, you shall say this word to them, Let my eyes flow with tears night and day. And let them not cease. For the virgin daughter of my people has been broken with a mighty stroke and a very severe blow. If I go out to the field, then behold those slain with the sword. And if I enter the city, then behold those sick from famine. Yes, both prophet and priest go about in a land they do not know. God mourned and wept for his people as a father would weep for his virgin daughter who had been violated, beaten, and left to die. Jeremiah also lamented over the condition of his people and the land which he loved. Have you utterly rejected Judah? Has your soul loathed Zion? Why have you stricken us so that there is no healing for us? We looked for peace, but there was no good. And for the time of healing, and there was trouble. We acknowledge, O Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers, for we have sinned against you. Do not abhor us for your namesake. Do not disgrace the throne of your glory. Remember, do not break your covenant with us. Are there any among the idols of the nations that can cause rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Are you not he, O Lord, our God? Therefore, we will wait for you since you have made all these. Now, Jeremiah would cry, Have you utterly rejected Judah? Well, no, he had not, but he would discipline them. Jeremiah said, We looked for peace, but there was no good. 
No doubt Jeremiah hoped that they would find peace, hoped that there would be revival, hoped that there would be those who would respond to his message, but there was none. We acknowledge our wickedness, he said. Jeremiah confessed the fact that they had sinned against God, hoping that through that confession the Lord would relent. And he also said, Do not disgrace the throne of your glory. Don't disgrace Jerusalem, nor break your covenant with us. It's not idols that can bring us rain, but it is only you, Lord, who can do that. And in this terrible drought, you know, Jeremiah was just pouring it on. He was giving the Lord the best intercession that he could for his people. And yet it still would not be enough because the people had rejected the Lord for so long. And that is tragic. But After 70 years of Babylonian captivity, the Lord would restore his people to their homeland because he would not utterly cast them off. He would discipline them, but not disown them. It's true. Sometimes God does permit disasters to occur to bring nations, churches, and individuals to their knees in repentance. While we shouldn't interpret every calamity as an expression of divine wrath, We need to be sensitive to what God is doing and to recognize the signs that are occurring. And we need to be willing to humble ourselves, confess our sins, and ask for God's forgiveness and mercy for ourselves and for others. I pray that it's not too late for our nation. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord responds to Jeremiah's prayer, saying that he will not relent from bringing destruction. Jeremiah prays for vindication, and God reassures him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible.